Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. It's great to see you. It's great that you're here with us. Uh, I'm just going to adjust the microphone. There we go. Uh, now, whether you are just starting out or if you are like me and have been around for a while in the world of e-commerce, the goal of this show is simple, just to help you grow online, to thrive online, to give you the tips, the tricks, the strategies, the ideas that you need to take your e-commerce business to the next level. And to do that every week, I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce. I get to ask them all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us. I often say, in fact, I say every week, uh, they're kind of like coffee shop conversations, you know, the conversation that you would have if you go to sit down with these people for an hour and just ask them some questions, I dig into their story, dig into their insights, and figure out how it's going to help us grow online. And today is no exception to that. Not at all. It's going to be a little bit different this week. Uh, this week, we are talking about branding. Okay, so picture it. You're starting a business and you want to make it look like a million bucks. But where do you start? You can't just throw up some graphics or slap on your logo and call it a day. Oh, no. Knowing the right things to consider when branding your e-commerce business is essential for your success. And I have to tell you, there are a bunch of companies that I've worked with uh, that have rebranded. And in fact, we're going through a bit of a rebrand with one of our uh, e-commerce sites at the moment. So I know the pain. I know the aggravation of rebranding. Uh, and so I thought today would be great to talk about branding. And what I wanted to do, uh, because he's such a cool guy, is I wanted to talk to a chap called Josh Catchpole and discuss the basics of branding and the ideas behind branding and things that you need to consider when branding your e-commerce business. How do you go about it? Even if you've not got any design skills whatsoever, what can you do to help yourself? Now, the reason I wanted to talk to Josh about these questions is Josh is our in-house graphic designer. He works with us at Orion Digital, which is my company. And in fact, Josh started working with us years ago. He's going to tell you the story himself, I've no doubt. But he started working with us years ago in our warehouse. And then after a while, uh, we discovered, well, that he basically had magical graphic powers uh, and, you know, and video powers. Uh, and so eventually he got to the place where he now has the biggest and most powerful Mac in the office with the biggest monitor by far. So uh, he's, a, he's a really cool guy, top bloke. You'll love him. Uh, and you'll understand why he works for us uh, or works with us actually uh, is such a cool guy. So definitely stay tuned if you want to know more about uh, <laughs> start that sentence again. Stay tuned uh, as I'm going to bring on Josh now, my conversation with Josh uh, as we talk about all things branding. Here we go. Josh, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Uh, this is quite a surreal experience because obviously you and I work together uh, and here we are talking together on the podcast. So 
Uh, thanks for doing this because uh, we know you you enjoy these kind of things. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so let's talk about um, branding and that whole thing because I think it's it's obviously quite an important thing to talk about and people ask about this the whole time uh, about business. How did you? Let's take a little bit of backstory. How did you get involved in design and, and, and starting to work on branding and things like that? Um, so it's always been an interest. I've, I loved art and graphics at school. Um, I was going to go to uni and do graphic design. Um, at, I got a place, got offered a place at a couple of uni. I can't remember which one's in London, but then one in Norwich. Um, and I had a place all ready to go and I was going to go. And then I didn't go because I was in a band and that took up a few years of my life. As a music band? As in a music band, yes. Okay. Um, so you followed then, the music dream? Yeah, I, I had two dreams. One was graphic designer, one was being a band. And at the time, being a band was more fun than being a graphic designer. So <laughs> uh, that, that took priority. Um, but then uh, I ended up, actually working i did a little bit of you know graphic design throughout my time of being in a band so i did a lot of graphics for the band and things like that but um ended up working a lot of part-time jobs um one part-time job i had was in your warehouse matt and so <laughs> yeah i remember uh, long story short someone was ill um who was a graphic designer and i covered and then five years later i'm still here <laughs> But you're not in the warehouse anymore. Or I'm not in the warehouse, no. I have a computer now. So, yeah. <laughs> you see, I remember this. I remember because um, you came from uh, Umu, which was a, a coffee shop that, you know, most yeah. of us frequented. And um, and I remember that closing down and you and you starting to work in the warehouse with a guy called Tom. He came over as yeah. well, didn't he, at the same time. And Tom yeah. went off to do welding. And um, I remember we had a conversation and you were talking about graphic design and how you enjoyed it. And we were like, oh, okay, that's interesting because we just didn't know. And then I remember you started to do something and we thought, oh, goodness me, you know, so why is this guy in the warehouse? Let's let's give him a computer. <laughs> and like you say, the rest is history. So where have you learnt it all from? I mean, you did a bit at college. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you're married with a dog now. Uh, you know, uh, not married to a dog, married not married to a dog. to a dog, but you're married, you have a wife and a dog. So obviously life has, has moved on a little bit since college. Yeah. Um, how, so what do you, where do you go to learn? Um, so, I mean, I was always, I mean, I do think back to my school teachers, my school teachers were so good. Um, mm. I learned so much before my time, really. Like I, I was, I'm not saying I was better than, uh, everyone else but like I was I think all of the kids in our school were much more prepared for working as in design because of the teachers at my school they were brilliant yeah. um, and so I did learn a lot as as a youngster and then I just I've always had an interest I've always you know loved good design I, I read a lot I you know things like Pinterest are great um, you know 30 seconds you've learned something new on some mm. weird little Pinterest video and things like that. It's, it's just good to just keep your eyes open and you just, I think, uh, I mean, we'll talk about some bigger brands, but you know, big brands that capture you and you just sort of learn through osmosis. Don't you, you just see what they do yeah. and you, 
um, you just like it. And, you know, a lot of good design is basically just copying something successful. So <laughs> plagiarism. I don't a lot give of it, good design yeah. is plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you learn from everyone, don't you? Mm. Like it's, I think it's, um, yeah, it's just been a gradual thing. And over the last few years, especially, I've just had more time to develop it a little bit. And mm. um, yeah, I mean, you're never the finished article. So you've just got to keep, keep watching and learning, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like, I do the same thing. I look at stuff which I like from a design point of view or from a web point of view. And I just ask myself the question, why do I like this? What is it about this that I like? Um, I don't always know the answer, but I do try and dissect what it, what it is. What, how does this make me feel? Why do I like it? What, what's going on here? Because when you can start to articulate the answers to those questions, it helps you, I think, when you're going, you know, when you're working on websites and design and all that sort of stuff, to be able to bring that because you know how to verbalise things, right? Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, I don't watch the Pinterest videos uh, maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should. So you you sort of you've come through. Um, I want to call it an old school route. Do you know what I mean? Because you, 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 it's definitely not traditional the, the way you you sort of got to where you are. Um, you know, you, you 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 sort of you you did college. You didn't do university because you followed the band dream. Um, and then, you know, you did a load of part-time jobs, one of which was in our warehouse. And here you are a few years later, um, heading up all the graphics and design and branding and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's kind of like you, you've done more of an old school route rather than the, the new way of thinking, which is go get a degree and try and land a big job. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you regret uh, not doing the uni thing? It's a good question. Um... So, uh, I think for me, no, I don't regret it. Um, but there are things that I wish I'd learned earlier. Um, mm. I think I, I definitely, you know, I'm not in any way knocking people that went to uni. There's some things that I think have benefited me because I've, I've had to learn under pressure. Mm. Um, and so I've had to learn how how it works in reality. I mean, so I look at some designers that, you know, have, um, you know, they do all these great projects at university and things, but they're not real. Mm. And they're not real because they're not having to deal with clients. They're not having to like, they've got, they've got no pressure at all. They can ju basically just do what they want. And of course, yeah. it isn't. Um, so in that respect, I, I definitely think that, you know, working under pressure and working in sort of real offices and with real people has helped me. Mm. But on the flip side, I, I think there's techniques and especially when I first started, I was, I was playing catch up quite a lot because software has moved on, software moves on every year. Do you know mm. what I mean? So yeah, you, yeah. You, you do, you lose. And it's, it's like any skill you, you have to practice it and um yeah i was definitely out of practice when i started and i it took me a while to catch up and learn new things um and get back in the habit of learning new things as well so i think there's pros and cons definitely yeah. um but you know i know some brilliant designers that went to uni and did the traditional mm. uh you know uni student route um but i don't know if that's what makes them good designers either so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, actually. Um, I just find it fascinating. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to get into doing something that you love to do. And I think um, you don't you don't always have to go down the traditional route to get there, uh, I think mm. is probably the, the takeaway here. So you've let's talk about branding. Um, so the first question on my list here, because I think so many people uh, understand branding in so many different ways. Right. So let's. Let's define what we mean by branding at the start. So in your mind, Josh, how would you define branding? What is branding? So I think I saw a quote. I can't remember who it was by, but I think branding is the personality of your business or company. So your branding is your is the personality of it. I think a lot of people get sucked into the visual side of it, Mm -hmm. the visual side of it, like the logo and the fonts that's you know that's branding at its very simplest form but good branding i think is is a bit more than that i think it's um i think it's the the feel that someone gets when they see anything to do with you yeah um, yeah I, th- I think it's you know and i think that's told through imagery and icons and logos and all that kind of stuff but it's there's real good branding is way more than that um i think i'm trying to think like of a good example like red bull for example yeah um you know they're all over the place in terms of like a strategy aren't they really like mm. yeah. you know they're, clever company they're, yeah yeah they're, they're they're sponsoring football clubs they're they've got like little cartoon um tv adverts and then they you know sponsor people to like push themselves off cliffs and stuff like that, don't they, for, for charity and stuff like that. But the, it's all over the place, but you get the same sort of feel from it, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and I think that's really clever. Um, and Red Bull has become way more than just an energy drink. Energy drink. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't, energy drink's not the first thing you think of with Red Bull, probably. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's clever branding in a way. Um, yeah. yeah, it is, because like you say, I mean, Red Bull at the heart of it is an overpriced caffeinated drink yeah. which tastes nasty right yeah. and I, I mean that with all due respect you 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 wouldn't start starting a new business you wouldn't go i know what let's let's what let's make a carbonated caffeinated drink um that's going to get people wired that taste us rank let do you yeah. mean it you can imagine those initial conversations but what they've done i think through because of their branding they are now associated with uh, high energy high octane sports it's what they it's what they do so um, you know, they've become a lifestyle brand as opposed to just a carbonated drink. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think, if I'm honest, I don't I don't think Pepsi and Coke have pulled that off to the degree that Red Bull have done. No, I mean, if you took away their one product, the business would still exist. Yeah. That's, that's quite, a, that's the power of like good branding, really. Mm. They could just, they could just stop selling their one product and do something else and it would still be the same it's still the yeah. same feel and it's still the same company yeah and um, i mean obviously that's a very big scale high budget piece of branding but i think the principles are the same so do you think um as it's a bit of a leading question i appreciate i mean obviously branding is important to red bull is branding important for the guy or gal who's sat around a kitchen table thinking I'm going to start an online business, do you think? 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I think it's more probably more important when it's such a personal thing as well. Like, I think um, on both sides, I think having good branding gives you something that you're proud of. It makes it makes you proud of everything you do and everything you create. And also it just gives someone, you know, from the outside something to latch onto, whether it's, you know, a look and a feel or a sort of ethic behind the company or and mm. something like that. I think, yeah, it's massively important, massively important. I think for smaller companies, um, you know, it's worth spending the time getting it right because, you know, Good branding also needs consistency you need to you know start well and then it can develop but it's got you know if it starts well you you're halfway there i think what do you mean when you say uh consistency in branding i think you know um if you could wild i'm not saying logos specifically because logos do change you know spotify and airbnb for example they've like they change their they've changed their logos to sort of fit with the times a little bit. But then there's a lot of these brands, their their branding has remained consistent in terms of I don't know, it could be the colours or just something for people to latch onto and know instantly that that's mm. that's what it is. Because there's no point doing in my mind anyway, there's not a lot of point in doing something for a year and then completely changing the look, the feel, the wording, everything a year later. Because what was the point in the year before? Do you know I mean? It's almost like a new business again. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's worth getting it right at the start for that reason. I'm not saying nothing can change and, you know, change should should happen. But I think, you know, if you can build something at the start that you want to run with, I think that's much better. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, invest in that time at the start to think about not just the logo, but the actual look and feel of your company what does it stand for what what's the story behind it what do what do people think about when they think about your company that whole brand side of things i think is actually is can be done you know uh, anytime during the journey but at the start makes an awful lot of sense for me um yeah and uh, i think I think it's interesting you talk about this word consistency and being consistent, but things do change along the way, but somehow there's still a consistent story or feel behind the brand as you go along. Yeah. And nailing that, I think, at the start is quite important. I think one of the ways you could do that, I suppose, is to define the values and the culture of what it is you're trying to create because um, do you is, is that a good starting point for branding? Is that how you start to understand what your brand's going to be? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you can start with, you know, the things that are important to you, that also helps even from a design point of view from, you know, someone says, you know, these are the core values and you start think you instantly start thinking of like images and icons that you think could could sort of reflect that. Mm. Um, you know, I think some of the best logos that I, you know, I look at, they have this subtly incorporating some of the values of the brand um and so i think yeah if, that's where it all comes from 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 my point of view mm -hmm. i think it helps any designer to know all that stuff first yeah and, and build from that rather than you know realizing you know six months down the line that you need to incorporate this into the field or and it just doesn't work design wise that's when you end up with a bit of a 
and a mismatch of of design really and that's that's where consistency sort of drops off so yeah 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 so if you are sat at home sort of around the dinner table thinking i want to start my own online business the a good place to start with branding then is defining the culture is defining the values of your business what is it you stand for and what is it you want to be known for what's your what's your legacy going to be in 10 20 years time you know and understanding that so there are a lot of buzzwords on there at the moment people like to use like authentic and sustainable and yeah. um, and these are great words but i think for me values has to be much more than that there has to be a real kind of what does authentic mean to you do you mean does it mean to speak the truth regardless of cost does it mean to um be true to a specific identity that you want to you know be connected to what does authentic actually mean and and don't just write buzzwords out but start to ask your question ask questions around that well why why have i written this what about this makes sense to me what is and the more you can define it i think the clearer your brand starts to become like you say right it um and it, it all starts with culture and, and you don't even need to be a graphic designer to do that do you definitely not it probably helps if you're not <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're probably right um but that actually you do have to be the founder i think though to do that well because it comes yeah. from you it comes from you know your place in life doesn't it your 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 place in the world sort of thing and and um i think that's super super important so how do you how do you translate values i'm i'm just trying to think if i'm st- if i'm starting my business around the kitchen table how do i translate values into branding what are some of the steps that i need to take to do that so i i think um uh you know you you get your your words out and you you know line them up and you go what what are the ones that are most important to me and say let's let's take like authentic or whatever is your word i would then i think look at things that represent what authentic means so you know, a lot of the designs we've done together, Matt, we've done like these um, mood boards of, you know, what just anything that sort of represents what yeah. that means. And, you know, we've, it can be any old image from the internet. It doesn't have to be a great piece of design. It just has to represent what, what it is. And then it's my job as a designer or whoever job as a designer to then simplify that in my mind and take it away simplify it right down and find the right icons logos fonts that represent that in a subtle way um and yeah and you know great logos help but they're not the be all and end all Mm. um and i think yeah it's it's a a tough one all these words that you know you're going to come up with you want one thing to encapsulate it brilliantly is really hard to do it's really mm. hard to do and so there's there's quite a lot of people that put a lot of pressure on the logo to be everything um and it, i think it's only a few companies that really managed to nail that like yeah. i think <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like nike their logo is unbelievable like yeah. it's the tick the it represents the wings of some like greek god called nike or something like it's something like that and it's just it's brilliant such a classy piece of design but you know apple in reality it's a great logo like it looks cool it's just an apple it doesn't really tell you everything there is to do about the brand but yeah all the stuff that comes after them yeah 
you know, give off the, the look and the feel of it. Um, Airbnb isn't actually a really interesting logo because I think it, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it's got like a, a few different icons that represent their like their key values, like we've been talking about. I think there's like a heart in there. Mm. I think there's, um, I can't, I can't really, I can't really think of it off the top of my head. But there's lots of little icons in there which are meant to represent the t- the, the sort of main values of it, and it's a, it's like an A, isn't it, as well? Um, but if you compare that to what they used to have as their logos, it's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and it's simple, isn't it? I think that's the. Yeah, I'm looking at the things that have made it up here. So they've got the. Yeah, they've got like a geolocator, they've got a heart, they've got the A, and they've got a few other things in there, haven't they, in the A? And I think the simplicity of their logo um, is what makes it totally memorable, isn't it? But I think if it's, I mean, one of the things that you mentioned that's probably important to say, because I sit here, right, I'm not a designer, I don't claim to be a designer. Like any, well, like anyone, like a lot of people, I can open up Illustrator and Photoshop and I can have a little play. Um... But that's about the limits of my technical uh, design capabilities, as we all know. Um, And just to attest, actually, your logo doesn't have to be great. When we first started Jersey Beauty Company, I designed the logo and it was awful. I just want to be totally clear, but that didn't stop the business taking off. Um, But I do think that one of the things that we've started, that we do well, um, and one of the jobs certainly I have to do as as the guy maybe driving that brand or driving that idea is I sit down with Keynote or whatever software you like. I like Apple Keynote, it's easy to use. And I just drag and drop lots of different images onto lots of different slides. Um, so I think about values and what do we want to be known for? Where, where you know, what, how do we differentiate ourselves? What's the story we want to tell? And then I go and find images that in my mind tell that story. Um, so when I sit down with, people like you, Josh, I can sit down and I can explain the image and you can pick up stuff from the image that maybe I wouldn't have been able to explain before. And I find the whole uh, mood board thing, the whole gathering of images, whether you do it on Pinterest, whether you do it with Keynote or Word or whatever software you like to use, not only is it quite cathartic, (laughs) but it's actually quite clarifying. Uh, You know, finding these images to sort of explain what it is that you're feeling. And I think the first time I, I did this, um, the first time I, I sort of realized the power of it was when somebody, uh, one, a, a, a good friend of mine who we were doing some coaching, he was actually coaching me. He was like, right, I want you to find some photographs that describe you. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, well, what, what does that mean? And I found it a quite a complex exercise to do it first. But it, after a few hours, it's, I started to find different images and I could use those images to explain different bits about me that I never would have been able to do beforehand. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And um, I think there's, a, there's some power in that, in just gathering images around words and ideas about your company uh, in something like Keynote, and you will see different things. So is that a good place to start? I mean, we've got the values and you, you talked about creating the mood boards and throwing lots of, I, I mean, I spent hours gathering these images in. That seems to me to be like a good place to start. Yeah, I, th- I think so. That, that's how I would always choose to start 
any problem. It's, it's just on a practical note as well, like especially when there's lots of people involved, getting everything down in writing so you can see the process, I think is also hugely important because every designer hates going back and making a million refinements. <laughs> Everyone hates that. You know, people just want to move on, don't they? And yeah. getting it all in writing first and getting the, the clear goals and the aims out there first with everyone involved just makes the process so much easier in my mind. But yeah, that's my own preference as well. That's just how I like to work. But I think I'm probably um, like most designers in that respect. Yeah, I think I think it's a fair point. And I think, you know, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, you know, I need to, I'm obviously, I want to start this brand up. And I, I would venture to say that actually branding and logo design is probably something you don't want to get into unless you really know what you're doing. I mean, you could, do, I had a saying that I did the first Jersey logo. We quickly changed it, but I did do the first Jersey logo. Um, and that was a really, let me tell you, actually, that's a really interesting story. So the first Jersey logo I did, it was just a crazy font that had no bearing on anything. And I drew an outline of the island of Jersey and stuck it behind the font, right? That's as, that was as much as I could think about it. Um, we then had a second design team redo the logo. We redid the branding um, in 2011. And they came up with this logo that had quite, I don't know if you remember it, it was kind of like a flowery J with the, the sort of the squirrels coming yeah. off of it. Um, but I always, and I really liked it, but I liked it because I've always felt that logo, certainly the way they wrote Jersey was quite masculine. And it always, it would have, it, the way that logo was designed would have worked well, I think, with like a male clothing brand or a sort of like a male shaving brand. And it wasn't until, I don't know, when was it? A few years later, we had a bit of a brain fart, which said, you know what? 95% of our people, our customers are female. It might make sense to get a female designer to have a have a think about the logo, the colors, the way the website's laid out. Because up until that point, it was all designed by men. And what they came back with was something quite different and distinct to what um the 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 design team which was predominantly male beforehand came with does that mm -hmm. make sense and i thought yeah. actually that's that's that for me was also really insightful that if you've got a brand which is skewed to a heaven a sort of heavy female clientele you don't necessarily need a female designer but you do need females in that process right to help you understand how how that's reacting, how that's sort of resonating with that group. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just that, I mean, that that's, I was completely removed from this process, but it sounds like at the time the design team weren't really thinking of the, the client, the clientele of the company, basically. At the no, start. they were thinking about me. They were thinking, yeah, what does Matt exactly. like? Which I think yeah. is was actually when it comes to branding and design is not the right way to do it for your company. You've got to think no. what does your customer like, what resonates with your customer, not what resonates with the CEO, right? Yeah, it's a link between your customer and your company. That's what it is. It's not a link between a person and you know everyone else. It's it's the other yeah. way around. It's got to be the client or the customer to the company. Um, and so yeah, that just you know. 
that sounds like uh, a bit of market research at the start could have made, come up with something completely different. Um, and not evidently it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it was, yeah it's, it's true. It was interesting, the whole process, and it, it got me to rethink how we do. So when we do branding now, um, and, you, and Josh, you know this, you made me do it. Whenever we set something up, we're like, right, part of the image, you know, we talked about putting images together in Keynote. One of the questions I write on top of the Keynote slide is who is our customer? And I go and find photographs of who I think our, our main target customers are. Um, on the slide, I want to know what it is they look like. I want to know how they dress. I want to know where they shop. I want to know what kind of things they do to relax. Do you know what I mean? I, I want to try and understand that customer an awful lot more. Um, what kind of shops do they go to? Because once I start to, we start to understand that, we can start to see similarities in the, in the branding of stuff which they use, what kind of colours resonate with them, what kind of fonts resonate with them. Um, you know, if you're doing something uh, aiming at people in their sort of mid-30s to, you know, mid-40s, early-50s, there's no point in using lots and lots of different colours and shapes on the screen because that just does not resonate at all, whereas simple... Um, colors and simple shapes do and so but you you only start to understand this when you throw i think all of these images on a piece of paper about your customer and i think i'd add as as well like looking at your competitor in the same field is Mm. also a good thing like because they're often doing something right and it's worth like looking at what they're doing um and i'm not saying you have to like copy them or anything like that you know you should aim to do something that's you know standalone and original but at the same time like all for example all sports logos you know if you put them all in black and white on the page you you know that they're sports logos generally yeah do you know what I mean? like they they all have a same the same sort of field as some same sort of dimension to them um and things like that you know you don't want originality is great but you also want someone to be instantly able to tell what that represents yeah. so it's getting that balance really yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Now we've been working our way through it. We've been rebranding um, one of the websites that we're involved with uh, called Vegetology, which does um, vegan food supplements. Um, or that, let me rephrase that: it does food supplements that happen to be vegan. It doesn't just reach out to the vegan market, but we all the products are made to to vegan standards. Um, and that that brand has gone through a massive rebrand i think it's probably fair to say uh, the last few months um you know i you'll see in a a few weeks time uh, unless you follow us on insta you'll have seen already but um some of the new stuff that's coming out is very different isn't it to the old stuff um and it it seems to have shifted quite dramatically as we've clarified values and understood things what sort of things have stood out in that process to you as we as we have rebranded what sort of lessons of, can we take away um, that are worth sharing, do you think? Hmm, that's a good question. So I should clarify this by saying that I didn't come up with the branding that is uh, the vegetology you're using. So it's been quite interesting being a designer who's going to be taking another designer's bit of branding and hmm. looking at the application of it. Um, and so there's... There's a lot of there's a lot of voices within vegetology, so there's a lot of people's opinions flying around, <laughs> and so I have complete sympathy for any designer that has that 
where they're never going to get everyone to agree on anything. Yeah. And so I think the uh, being able to being able to you, you don't want to end up with a design that is just to appease everyone and just be like you know 40% this and 20% that and just that, that I don't think works and I don't think she's done that by the way <laughs> mm. but like I think the designs are really strong at the end um, and I think but maybe maybe the you know a few voices needed to be heard earlier I'm not sure um, just to make that transition a bit smoother I don't I don't know but I think um, you know what I found really useful from um, from the designer has been the guidelines she made have been really easy to apply across lots of different platforms. Yeah. She's clearly designed in mind for everything. So she's not just designed a logo that looks good on a bottle of supplements. She's designed a logo that will look really strong on a website. It will look really strong on Instagram. And same with a lot of the imagery and the icons she's done. Everything's very easily transferable across mm. all the places that you want it to look strong and i think that's been that's been really um eye-opening for me that she's clearly designed with that in mind i think that's you know something i'm going to take on board um because it's very easy to get wrapped up in something that looks instantly good on an instagram page but then you blow it up big and it to put on a i don't know a banner or a mm. billboard it would look completely different it wouldn't it would lose a lot of its power so i think what she's done is is really strong um yeah it's hard hard to say because you know i've not been privy to every conversation but i think um the the real strength of the branding is that yeah it's been you can see i i mean for me easily i can see what was intended at the start mm. and i can see how it's intended to be used from then on um because it's fair to say that i mean and this is a valid point right and, and something to take note of when you're working with designers so if i'm working with you or when you're working with Lindsay, who's been working on the vegetology stuff um they take information which you give them they distill it down and they come back with some designs which then get approved and they give you or should give you a series of guidelines in terms of how to take that brand and apply it to the, the website, to social media, to print, to tone of voice, to, do you know what I mean? All kinds of, yeah. it needs to be applied. And they call those things a brand guideline. So it tells you how to use a font, what colors to use, what fonts to use, um, you know, where to put the logo and all that sort of stuff. So you get this consistent look. It's kind of like a, a playbook, isn't it? For, yeah. for the simpleton like me to understand how not to screw up your brand, basically. Yeah. Uh, so it all looks, and so you should, in theory, from a good designer, get these guidelines. And you've taken um, those guidelines, it's fair to say, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. Um, you've taken those guidelines and you've, you've reimagined, for example, the website uh, following yeah. those guidelines. How did you find that process? Um, I've, I actually, well, one, I really enjoyed it. Um, and two, I, I don't think I found it difficult to see what she clearly had in her mind at the start. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think, um, 
yeah and i think that's probably the strength of the design really like mm. it's all very clear to me how it should be used and you know passing things from designer to designer is also part of like that's a big part of the industry because you know a good designer will won't just design whatever they want to design like my old school teacher used to tell me a designer is not an artist and so it's a very different thing an artist you know you do what you want and you mm. create something new a designer is not that um you've got to you've got to play by some rules and a good designer then knows what rules to break um but i think with lindsay's stuff it's been really easy to to see what she wanted to pass on and it's, it's just been i found it really really fun to do actually um because visually it looks good mm. and really hard to make it look bad i think (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i'd find a way josh i'm sorry but no you're right i I think it's been it's been a fascinating project working with Lindsay. and um, if you do want to know more about the vegetology brand follow us on instagram uh and you'll see um you'll see it as it is but you'll see the evolution over the next few weeks and months into the new brand as the social media changes as the website starts to change you'll see that whole moving you'll see some of the things that josh is talking about josh listen it's um i guess i mean i we could talk about this and we have talked about this for hours one of the questions i think people have is if they're sat at home going yes i can do mood boards yes i can declare the values and i can start to do things like that um how do I how do I find a good designer? What kind of thing should people look for if they're going to go find a designer to help them with some of this stuff? I would say find a designer that. I mean, I, I often think you know, especially when you come to freelancers, you get what you pay for yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So if you're finding someone online making you a logo for twenty quid, I'd say it's probably not going to be even worth twenty quid. Mm. Um, you know, a good a good designer will spend a lot of time listening to you mm. um, and understanding. And you know, there's also the thing where you just got to get on with someone. I think it helps if you if you know you can <laughs> if you like them. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and a good designer as well will you know you're going to have conversations and you're going to have to say to them, "Oh, I don't like this," mm. and if, if they're if they're a dick, then they're not going to like that, are they? So, but, you know, good designers will take criticism mm. and they don't take it personally. Because um, I also think good designers will push back a little bit. Yeah, good, they'll, they'll, hold, they'll know what to hold on to and what isn't worth, yeah. like a hill not worth dying on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, every design ends up being a little bit of a compromise probably. Mm. But, that you know a good designer will listen and fight the things that he thinks or she thinks that are are important but also be willing to adapt the things that are not worth holding on to you know and things that are you know it's got to be at the end of the day it's you know it's your design it's not it's not mine i've as a designer i give it to you and it's that's it do you know i mean like i've got to let go of a lot of my personal feelings about it Mm. because you know, I've got to pass it on to you and it's up to you then to use it. Um, and so, you know, having something as a designer, it's always nice when someone has something that they're really proud of because of something you've made. That's that's the best feeling. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, just find a designer that listens and, you know, pushes back a little bit. But, you know, you have, you have honest conversations that 
or you know, a bit of give and take. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Conversations yeah. throughout throughout the whole process, mm-hmm. start to finish. No, I think you're right, and I think for me, um, you know, I'm very fortunate in the sense that we have you know, you and we have the team at the office and it's great and it works wonderful. And occasionally we do go out and get outside help. And um, a lot of it comes through recommendation. But again, I think about the people that have worked with us. Like Lindsay, she has listened and listened and listened and she pushes back and she will tell you what she thinks, which is great. She does create these guidelines, these documents, which you can use across the board. And maybe if you're looking for a designer, looking at their past work, ask to look at the brand guidelines which they've created um, so you know what kind of document you're going to get at the end, which is going to help you uh, drive this thing forward. Is it just a one-off? Are they going to be with you on an ongoing basis? How's that going to work? So there's a few things you do need to think about. And I think, again, if you're starting off with scratch or starting off from scratch and you have zero budget, you can still do the work. You can still start to think about your brand you can start to create the image banks. Maybe you can't go and afford the best designer, but at least you can start to put some things together and you can start to build your brand story and voice. Um, Like Josh said, logos and colors can change, but the fundamentals of who you are, that should be consistent and that you can do at the time. That's just going to require your time uh, searching Google or Pinterest for images and putting them in Keynote or whatever that is to help you identify that whole thing. Um, Josh, listen... I'm aware of time. Uh, I, I really enjoy these kind of conversations. Um, it, it helps me think again just about how we approach things and how we do things. And, and you don't just assume or sit still, do you? you? You kind of grow with the whole thing. So I appreciate you being on, but um, like I said, I appreciate it's not in your wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, but it's always great having you on. And um, how do people reach you? If people want to get hold of you, connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I mean, uh, get through us. Get to us through Orion. Um, um, I'm sure Matt will always pass on a message as well. Um, I also have my own Instagram, um, Josh Catchpole Designs. Um, if you want to get in touch with me there, that'd be great. Um, there's a website coming soon, but it's not here yet. So yeah, <laughs> it's like the builder, isn't it? Is is too busy yeah. doing everybody else's houses to before fixing his own. Exactly. And uh, yeah. it's it, our websites are always the last ones to get done. I, it's, exactly. <laughs> I get that. Uh, but yeah, you can reach Josh through the Orion uh, or even through the e-commerce podcast website. Just get get a, get in touch with us that way. And I'm sure we can put you in touch with Josh. We will, of course, put all the links and stuff in the show notes. Uh, but Josh, really appreciate you being on here. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, bud. Thank you very much. Cheers. So what did you make of that? My conversation with Mr. Catchpole. Uh, he's such a cool guy, isn't he, Josh? And um, yeah, I really enjoy these conversations, like I said, about branding. Really, really useful stuff. Now, if you would like a copy of the transcript, if you would like the show notes, if you would like the links to Josh so you can reach out to him, uh, everything will be available on the website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 74, which is what is also on the screen now if you're watching this by video. Uh, you can head over to that link, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 74, and get a hold of all the transcripts, uh, the, the notes, and so on and so forth. So you can deep dive back into that, go over notes again, 
and create a strategy uh, for your branding project. If it's a new project or if you're rebranding, how you're gonna approach that. Hope you got something useful out of that today, even if you're not a designer. That's me, basically. I'm not a designer. I can dabble, but I'm definitely not a designer. Uh, but I do have a play part to play in the process. And like I said, when I was talking to Josh, spend hours working on those uh, image documents. So um, very, very helpful. Do get into them. Uh, you'll, you'll find it really, really useful. So a big thanks again to Josh. If you have had <laughs> that sentence again, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, why not leave us a review uh, and give us a rating? We would love to see those um, and also share us out. You know, uh, it's it's great. I really love doing the show uh, and you guys obviously give me a reason to keep doing it. So do let me know what you think. Any topics you'd like to see covered and all that sort of stuff. We've got some great guests coming up. Let me tell you, we are booked out season seven. We are pretty much booking out season eight as we speak. So I know what's coming up. You are definitely going to want to subscribe if you're not already, because there is some really cool stuff. I there's a few guests coming up, especially I can't wait to talk to. Uh, we've been planning the uh, the questions and all that sort of stuff behind the scenes because we want to obviously make sure we keep bringing all these real practical nuggets that you can use on your e-commerce business and I can use on my e-commerce business. So uh, like I say, do give us a rating uh, or give us a like or a subscription wherever you consume the show, that would be great. So I think that's all for me. Make sure you come back next week as we carry on our e-commerce conversations with some more amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now. Have a great week. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.